This is the Iowa State Athletics SciCast. The SciCast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors, which have the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. Today's SciCast is a visit with Brent Bloom. You know Brent, he works for the Cyclone Radio Network as part of our broadcast team on football games, has been for 10 years in that capacity. He's also the Director of Development at the Ivy College of Business for the Foundation. But Brent a few weeks ago put out a tweet saying, here's some games I want to watch while I'm stuck at home over the next few weeks. And it kind of triggered the idea, let's give Cyclone fans ownership of Cyclones.tv during this month. So we're doing that, and it all starts today with Brent Bloom Day. Well, Brent, thanks for coming on today. What this is really kicking off is a full month of basically our fans uh, picking out what they want to see on the channel. But it kind of the idea kind of came from when you put out a tweet uh, at the start of all this mess, just kind of saying, here's some games I want to watch while I'm sheltered at home. And uh, man, you pick some good ones. Yeah, you know, it's when the when this all came together, you just kind of got a sense of dread. Like I have no idea how long this is going to last, but we got to find a way to fill the void a little bit. And I just thought well, there's no other better way to fill the void than what I do anyway. And that's sometimes to watch old Iowa state games. And so it's, it's tough to pick just five. And I know you got uh, most of them that we're going to air on Cyclone TV, which is, which is really cool. And then I'm glad it, it really took off that uh, other people mentioned other Cyclone fans mentioned what was, their favorite games and favorite memories. And I'm excited. I've watched a ton of Cyclones TV in the last three weeks that between that and a bunch of old other NBA games, um, you know, it's not quite the same, but at least it, it's past the time a little bit. Well, and you can lose yourself for a couple hours in a, in a great memory. And I, I think, you know, at this time people are looking for a reason to smile. And if some of these games can make them smile a little bit, then, you know, I, I wish I wish we could do more. I wish we were doctors or, yeah. or nurses or, you know, could do more to help. But, man, if we can make people smile a little bit, that's a heck of a thing. Well, and so. the, the, the neat thing is, you know, when I watch an old game, I'll remember of where I was in my life when that happened. And I think that's the neat thing about Iowa State sports and it always has been the case for me is I kind of remember moments of my life based on what the previous Iowa State game was. So I can remember where I was and why I was there and. Um, you know what the who Iowa State play the next week or or that Saturday, and uh, it's just a good way to measure of you know the good things that that really happen, and the, and the great thing for all Iowa State fans, it's really the times we all come together, whether it's in Kansas City for the Big Twelve tournament or you know that Oklahoma State game in eleven, where I still remember um, everything leading up to that day and and everything in between. Yeah, no doubt, and let's uh, let's go through them. This is good. these are coming up today on Cyclones.tv. So we'll start off. Uh, with the two o'clock game, um, and that's going to be a George White Classic. And you just mentioned it—the 2011 football game against Oklahoma State, a Friday night, uh, Jack Trace Stadium, and an all-timer. I mean, Iowa State 0 56 and two against yeah. the top six coming into that one. I mean, uh, and Oklahoma State vying for a national championship, hoping to be in that conversation. What are, What are your great memories of of that game? Well, I mean, really, that nobody including probably me, gave Iowa State even a chance to be competitive. And it started out poorly. I mean, you could look at some of the the possibilities going into that game, and most people had Iowa State as a legit, like, four-touchdown underdog. Nobody gave them a chance, and they shouldn't. I mean, Oklahoma State was just a machine that year. The numbers they were putting up the week prior against Texas Tech, they beat a pretty good Texas Tech team. I think the score was 70-6. to six. And, you know, <laughs> Iowa State was good. I mean, Iowa State had won two games in a row before them but had a uh, freshman quarterback in Jared Barnett and you just 
weren't quite sure, you know, how they could even stay in the ballpark of that Oklahoma State team that had Brandon Whedon and Justin Blackman and uh, Randall, the running back. It just seems like they had guys everywhere, and they weren't even competitive with teams. They were just destroying teams. And for Iowa State to to pull that off, I mean, it was just surreal. The whole because they get in that, I think it was ten nothing or fourteen nothing hole early. It was a lot like the Oklahoma game um, in mm-hmm. seventeen, which is another one we're going to talk about. But and then Iowa State just kind of chipped away and chipped away, and it just you got this surreal feel in the second half as things started to unfold. Uh, Quinn Sharp, the Oklahoma State uh, kicker, misses a makeable field goal, and he had been uh, automatic all year long. And then I think Joe Tessitore had the great line you know, where he said something like something's in the air or yes, and, then, then, absolutely. and then they throw the touchdown. And he says special indeed. And it's just one of those yes. timeless classics that I can watch that thing. And I get goosebumps every single time. And I got to give credit. I think, I think it was Danny, uh, Danny Varley who then put together a hit tape following that was, was legendary as well for Cyclones TV. So, so many good memories. And I, I, that was the night that nobody wanted to leave Jack Trice stadium. I mean, people were literally around, for hours because they just could not believe it. It was an incredible night. And I, I think one player, and you, you mentioned a couple guys, uh, but Jerry Barnett had an incredible game. Um, it, and when you think about the fact that he wasn't even the starting quarterback a few weeks right. earlier. Um, but but the guy that I think of, whenever I think of that game, the first guy I think of is Leonard Johnson because yeah. he was on Justin Blackman. Yep. And I think, I think that was the night that what really led to an NFL career for Leonard Johnson. Yeah, no question. He was great. And then, uh, what was it? Taron Benton had a big pick in that game. Yeah. So just yeah. so many guys that contributed. And then of course, everybody remembers our pal, Jeff Woody, uh, with the final exclamation point, but it was just, uh, it was one of those nights that it was magical. It really was. And you know, what's crazy about that year. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a fantastic year for Iowa state football. They did go to a bowl right. game. They did go, you know, six and seven on the season, but that year had three of the most incredible games. Uh, the one we just talked about, but beating Iowa, yep. the steel Jans game was unbelievable at, at Jack Trice stadium. Then to go to Texas tech when they're in the top 20 and beat them like an egg. <laughs> I mean, that that was unbelievable, forty-one to seven. Yeah, I mean, so that that was a year of highs and lows. It, yeah, that that year was all over the map. And then you know the Oklahoma State game; it's it literally changed college football because uh, because Oklahoma State lost to Iowa State, they did not get into the uh, BCS championship. And then it was LSU and Alabama that played an absolute snoozer. And so after that game, they decided to go to this playoff system, and that was implemented, I think, a couple years after. So that was uh, that was the first win against a top six team in program history. We're going to move ahead to the five o'clock game. This is the 2017 game against Oklahoma, which we all have pretty fresh in our minds. But it never had Iowa State defeated a top five team on the road ever. And the odds were so stacked against them that day. Yeah. I mean, that that's what's the kind of the common theme when you talk about the most memorable games is you really have yourself convinced there's almost no chance. And then somehow, some way it happens. And this game certainly falls into that category. Well, well our, our good buddy, Eric Heft, what does he say before every game against a really good team? Well, you can't have a, you know, a great, a great memory. You can't have a great win without a great. <laughs> yeah. opponent. That, that's, and, I mean, yep. for so many years that he would say that and like, okay, Eric, we get it. Like, we know where yeah. this is headed, but he said it again that day. Um, and we didn't really take them seriously. I mean, I think what I remember most from that, that whole weekend in Norman was um, that Friday night where you we were just kind of like, wow, this, this could be, this could be really tough tomorrow. And 
we just kind of hoped that it would get strange, like weird things would happen, and they did. And the, the fact that it was Baker Mayfield who had just defeated Ohio State on the road, he was the Heisman front runner. He would eventually win the Heisman Trophy. Um, and then for Iowa State to do that with Kyle Kemp, who nobody really heard about, including me, like I had to like, okay, where's this guy from again? Um, and then throw that and then landing, playing some quarterback and all the things that had to happen. And it just kind of the Iowa State chipped away and chipped away in that second half. And when they took the lead, it was really the first time that it dawned on all of us, like, oh, my gosh, this might actually happen. And it did. And that uh, completely changed the entire Iowa State football program one afternoon in Norman. Yeah, it did. You're right. And Matt Campbell, I think, showed us something right before halftime. Yep. I, you know, Iowa State's 2-2 two and two entering that game. They're down 24-10. to 10. You know, it's not looking really promising at that point. But they get the ball back with about a minute yeah. to go or under a minute yep. to go, I think. And they threw the deep ball to Akeem Butler. And and even though it only revol- resulted in a field goal, that momentum right there, I think, was maybe a turning point in that football Great game. Great point. Great point. Everybody remembers, you know, some of the big plays, the Lazar touchdown. I mean, Montgomery was unbelievable again. But the defense to hold that offense to whatever it was, I think just seven points in the second half. And, I mean, Lanning literally did everything. And then there was, of course, that uh, photo that was put on Twitter following where they put him in the cockpit of, uh, of the charter flight on the way home. And it, just, it just really cemented the, the day. And I went home, probably like all of us, and rewatched the thing and just felt like a dream again. And I think that's the great thing about that game and all these other games is you can watch it every single time and it'll never get old. Another thing that strikes me about that game, and then we'll move on to the next one, but um, you think about some of those touchdowns, and Kemp had a phenomenal yep. game. I mean, 18-24, to 343 yards, three touchdowns. But uh, on the touchdown passes to Murdoch and Ryan, the blocking, yeah. I mean, Iowa State found something with that with that uh, swing pass that, that they were able to exploit in Oklahoma's defense, and they just kept coming back to it. Yeah. And the blocking was so good on oh, those touchdowns. Oh, so good. And I think, you know, a guy like uh, Alan Lazard was – Obviously, everyone remembers the big catches, but why he was so valuable. And Cookie Butler as well. Why are those guys going to be, you know, in the NFL and uh, be successful there? Is they did all the little things well. And Butler and Lazard certainly were great blockers. And yeah, I I still remember that Tre- Trevor Ryan scampering down the sideline, and that's really when it hit home to me. Like, oh my gosh, Iowa State's in this game, and uh, we're in the second half, and let's get weird. Get ready for your tailgate with Authentic Brand. Proudly creating Cyclone gear, Authentic Brand makes all kinds of Cyclones apparel, from t-shirts to dress shirts, hats, bags, and more. You'll love the huge selection and all in cardinal and gold. Find it at local retailers or order online at AuthenticBrand.com. All right, speaking of weird, uh, let's let's go to the 7.30 game on Cyclones.tv tonight, and that is the very final game ever played in the Big 8 basketball tournament. Uh, a George White Classic, Iowa State-Kansas, the 96 championship game. And Iowa State had never won a Big 8 postseason tournament. Yeah. So to, to win their first on the very last opportunity was really, really cool and against a really good Kansas. No question. And, you know, I think for when you're growing up, and I was 11 at the time, I mean, that was really the first team that I just really loved. Like, I, I obviously followed Iowa State, and I would go roll around on the hills when you could because you could roll around anywhere watching football games in the nineties. Um, but, and then I followed, you know, the Victor Alexander, Ron Bayless, justice big pen. I would watch him, but I didn't really, I wasn't really invested in him. And then of course, Fred and Meyer and Ulo, but that, that Dedrick Cato Pratt 
Holloway Bankhead team was the first one that I lived and died by that team. And the fact that they were able to take on Kansas in a championship game and win it. And that was probably, you know, the, the highlight of my sports fandom up until I was, you know, 15, 16 years old. And I was 11 at the time. And I still remember every moment of where I was. I wasn't in Kansas City, but I was watching in my living room. And I think I did laps for about an hour and then tried to, you know, recreate all the Dedrick Willoughby catch and shoot threes in my driveway. But that game really made me fall in love with, with Iowa State. And what a fun group that was. I mean, just looking back, it's like, how did that group come together to do that? But they, they found a way and to do it against Kansas, a team that just seemed like they dominated Iowa State and Roy Williams for so many years. Uh, it was just a, a special, special game and um, really made me permanently an Iowa State fan. Well, and they dominated Iowa State twice that season before that game. That They had two double-figure wins over the Cyclones earlier in the season. And, you know, that whole team was such an unlikely story because Fred and Yulo and Harold yeah. and Lauren were gone and everybody thought, well, this team's not going to do anything. And then they just kind of came out of nowhere. And Tim Floyd was such a great coach. And uh, But the one play that, that I'll just never forget, and I think most Cyclone fans fall into this category, was Kenny Pratt kicking it out <laughs> yeah. to J.C. Yeah. Holloway. And it just reminded me the other day or a couple of weeks ago when Inez Nezakla had yep. that three against Baylor. Um, just the unlikely three at the most opportune moment and rising up to that moment and, and knocking it down. And a kid from Kansas, I mean, how does oh, it get any so better? So cool. Than that? And, th- you know, watch that game tonight. And I think the neat part is, is how many talented players Kansas had. Um, I mean, you think about Paul Pierce was a freshman that year. Ray Friends had oh. a long, long NBA career. Um, and then one of the guys on the on the Jayhawks that year was Jared Hass, who, of course, was the, the coach at uh, UAB in a game we're not going to talk about. But, I mean, there's just little connections that you pick up on. And Jock Vaughn ended up having a long NBA career as well, was the Big 8 player of the year that season. So it's fun to think uh, not only the game and reliving the moment, but also where did all these folks end up afterwards? Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. As you mentioned earlier, the old Eric expression, you can't have a great win without a great opponent. That is kind of the theme through all these games that you picked. These opponents were terrific, and Iowa State still found a way to beat them. And that includes the 9 o'clock game, which uh, tonight it's going to be the Cyclone Express. It's our it's our replay show, basically, of the 2002 football game in Iowa City. Uh, and again, just like the theme on all these games that you picked, you know, Iowa State down 24 yeah. to 7 at the half. And I think everybody had kind of thought, well, okay, it's not happening. But man, 29, 29 unanswered points and a phenomenal win over a really good Iowa No team. question. So this is my 18th birthday on the day. And so it's extra memorable for me. But uh, I think Seneca Wallace for a great present because that guy may be as good a half <laughs> of football as has ever been played at Iowa State. And he was just on the money everywhere. And then he had guys making catches all over the place. Uh, our good buddy Jack Whitver, Lane Danielson, seemed like they were everywhere. And then the defense, again, after really getting throttled in the first half by our, uh, what turned out to be an excellent Iowa football team, really stuck in there in the second half, did a lot of good things. And Iowa State was able to wear them down. A couple big Adam Beneke field goals, I believe, in there as well. So it was a team effort. And to walk out of Kinnick, with the fifth win in a row against Iowa, and that turned out to be Iowa's only regular season loss of the year. Uh, pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, and I think that, that you mentioned how great Seneca was. And really, 
what you kind of forget about that that game was that Iowa State could not run the football effectively that no. day. Um, so it was all on Seneca's shoulders and a 361 passing yards. And and when you think about some of the throws that he made, oh. and we, I mean, the one from the end zone to Jack Whitford still, it gives me chills even just thinking about it. But he was such a special player, and it was really on display that night. Well, and I think the great thing is on the express was um, I still remember some of those Pete Taylor calls. And I think that's yes. neat going to have Pete, Pete on the call for those because, you know, he was, he made every moment feel even bigger as well. So a uh, pretty special, pretty special replay. I think fans will really enjoy that one again. That's at nine o'clock and uh, Iowa state, Iowa 2002. And then we're going to wrap it up 10 o'clock uh, the 2014 big 12 tournament. Now, you know, you could have gone to the championship games. Sure. But you picked uh, you picked a semifinal game, uh, number sixteen Iowa State, number ten Kansas from two thousand fourteen, and that was a phenomenal Iowa State team, a, a great yes. Iowa State team. Uh, what are your memories of that day in, at the Sprint Center? Well, I think that whole tournament was memorable just because it was you know Hilton South reemerging, but that game in particular. I think I've never seen a better offensive performance from an Iowa State basketball team. It, I mean, they just eviscerated Kansas, and that's a really good Kansas team, by the way. But everything they did worked. I think they ended up shooting about 65% for the game. And Bill Self said after the game that if Iowa State plays like that, there's nobody in the country that could beat them. And that's really, I, I mean, too much, to this day it was the case. I mean, that team – when they were clicking offensively, they were just really tough to defend because you had Niang was unbelievable in that game. DeAndre Kane still is underappreciated, in my opinion. By the way, Melvin Edgem was the Big 12 player of the year. I <laughs> oh, mean, by the just, way. And then Dustin yeah. Hogue was awesome in that tournament. I mean, just yep. guy after guy after guy. And you had the youngsters coming up and Monte and Matt Thomas. So, I um, mean, just look at – just watch that game and think of where all these guys ended up and how much success they're having. And you wonder, well, how does Iowa State produce so many NBA guys? It's like, well, they – they were really good, and they were really good in college as well. And that game in particular against a bunch of NBA talent for Kansas and Iowa State just tore them to pieces. Plus, you had Niang getting the elbow, um, which <laughs> which then created the uh, you know the Niang Band-Aids the next day. And maybe one of my favorite George Niang quotes after the game where he said, well, there goes my modeling career. So uh, <laughs> just, just so, many and, good, so many good things. Well, okay, and one of the great things about that weekend, um, the steady diet of Cyclone fans coming down oh. to Kansas City, and it's always this way. There's a great amount that come down. We just saw it not that long ago, but there's always a great amount that come down for the first game. But if you win that first game yep. and you advance, then it's just like a convoy down I-35, and that's what it was the next day for that Kansas game. And then, of course, when they played Baylor yep. in the championship game, Fran Fraschilla had the great line, last one out of Ames, turn the lights <laughs> off, you know. But fans appreciated that team. I mean, it was a 28-win team, but they, they just loved the idea that Hilton South was back, as you said. Oh, no question. And it just, you're right. It just like the drumbeat grew louder and louder. And then that, that Kansas game, it's like everyone still had a fear of Kansas. Like, well, can we get over this hump? Because Kansas had um, beat them twice that year, I believe, if, I mem- if memory serves. So, But they got over that hump. And then it's like, all right. We can take on anybody, and that team at that point of the season was rolling. And you know, we can talk about the Niang foot injury. I'm not going to sour this this podcast, but thank um, you. There was just they were just a blast to watch, and so many talented pieces. And one of my favorite three to four day stretches um, of being a fan. I mean, I was down there for all of it, and uh, my wife would, my fiance at the time, met me down there, 
to, because my age of Iowa State fans, you know, we weren't, we weren't around, you know, to, in Kansas City during 2000 or 96. So this was our first moment of, of those of us who are of age to enjoy and celebrate. And uh, we had a couple good years following that too. Yeah, we'll talk about that 2000 uh, tournament in another uh, podcast sometime. But Jamal Tinsley was just oh. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Hey, I wanted to ask for your perspective on something that, you know, I was on with uh, Miller and Condon uh, a few days ago, and, and we were just talking about the uncertain times and where's this thing going. And it, obviously the athletics part of it is such a small part of the equation. Sure. It's not even it, it doesn't even hit the radar, but. Uh, what, what I mentioned to those guys is, man, you, you do take some comfort when all the dust settles on everything that you have people like Jamie Pollard and Matt Campbell, who, when facing adversity, always seem to rise to that occasion. Right. And, I, and I think that all the Iowa State coaches fall into this category. And Jamie, we showed demonstrated it this week with his tremendous leadership. But um, you just feel a little bit better knowing that Iowa State is going to do everything in its power to come out of this as, uh, I, I don't know what the right word yeah. is, but, you know, in as good a position as possible, given the circumstances for, for Iowa State athletics. Yeah. And, I, you know, this is this is uh, reminds me a lot, you know, in, in regards to Iowa State of, you know, the Big 12 realignment um, craziness back in 2010. But what always gave me confidence during that whole thing was, well, Iowa State's got Jamie Pollard at the helm. Um, he's going to do all he can to put Iowa State in the best possible position. Um, and this is obviously – this is not just a Big 12 issue this year, this time around. It's everybody. But I have great confidence that if I have a guy on my side um, to put Iowa State in a good position, it's Jamie Pollard, and then Matt Campbell is cut from the same cloth. And, you know, I thought it was – it made a lot of sense that Iowa State was the first mover to kind of restructure some things and – you know, have some salary reductions for some of their key personnel because you're going to see a steady stream of everybody else following. And it, it, it goes to my my old adage that Jamie Pollard is five steps ahead of all of us. And it, we just That's we just true. we just eventually find out about it later. Um, but I think this was it's, it's su- such a such a forward thinking move that will benefit Iowa State. And, you know, hopefully it won't end up needing the, the what they did. But I think at the very end of the day you've got a couple people that that care more for iowa state than themselves and that was pretty evident this week uh, you just put it beautifully that's a great way to put it and i'm really hopeful that uh in september we're we're up in the booth at uh at mid-american energy field at jack trice stadium and calling cyclone football and uh if we're not we'll do it whenever that opportunity presents itself and man i'm really looking forward to that getting our gang back together brunzy and uh Eric and Cap and everybody because we have a lot of fun. I don't. I don't think fans really <laughs> understand. Maybe they do, but how, just how much fun we have traveling together, calling the games together, uh, share all these cycling experiences. So many of them we've shared together, and it's just a blast for us as a radio. Oh, team. no question. It's it's really the highlight. You no, know, the games are great, but it's the camaraderie with those guys. And I tell people all the time that I've got one of the coolest jobs around to to be able to be around. You, Eric, Ben, um, and our, our entire staff, uh, you know, Whitfer and Chris as well, even Williams. Um, but they, they're just, they're just, <laughs> it's just, it's just a blast and we, and we enjoy ourselves. And um, it's crazy that, um, you know, that's a job for us because uh, it really is a blast every single weekend. And I, I can't wait to get back out there. And, you know, Iowa State fans have handled a lot of adversity through the years. So a lot of times it's on the floor or on the field. So um, I think we can handle this one as well. 
All right. I hope fans enjoy Brent Bloomday on Cyclones.tv, and I, I hope they enjoy their games that they picked uh, throughout the month of April. Let's uh, relive some great Cyclone memories as we just did over the last half hour. And, uh, Brent, thanks for taking the time. I know you've got uh, young kids at home, so not always easy, but uh, appreciate you doing it. We'll, uh, we'll be together yeah, soon. I can't, I can't wait to watch, so I uh, appreciate the time and uh, look forward to seeing you guys soon. Today's SciCast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn why Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are Iowa's clear first choice. Thanks for listening.